Hello and welcome back to another episode of Carolyn Wilson's favourite podcast, The Back Pocket. This week we saw umpiring drama, <laughs> games marred by inaccuracy, upsets and near upsets, and Port Adelaide being stranded alone at the bottom of the ladder. Will the pressure cooker actually go off on Ken Hinckley after all? My name is Jack Turner, and across from me, as always, sits the yin to my yang, the gambling advertising to my professional sport, the Dane to my Zorko, Alistair Hampton. <laughs> it's been a big weekend. Yeah, it has, and that was a big intro. It was a big intro. Yeah, it was a bit... <laughs> it was a lot. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was a big weekend. Um... Obviously marred by the fact my team lost, but, um, you know, you take the wins and the losses. But uh, as you have noted down in the 17 pieces of paper you're holding, it was a pretty decent weekend for defenders. It, it was, yeah. I feel like there were a lot of really good performances from players who've been, like, holding out for them for. Um, one that I'll... It's going to get a special mention from me anyway. Alex Witherden. Whoa, I think finally can't played. Can't go early. <laughs> <laughs> I think finally played that role that West Coast recruited him for. Looked really good. There was a few players that really came into their own, mm. um, and also really good games. I think if you take out the last two games of Sunday and Thursday's game, everything in between was a really enjoyable watch. Really tight contests until a couple of last quarters. Yeah. Good. Good weekend of footy. Yeah, it was. Um, again, marred by the fact my team lost. Yep, so I'm down help. this week. I'm not putting any effort. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, <clears throat> so. Should we jump right into votes? How do you want to do it yeah, this week? Yeah, we did special mentions first last week. I think that kind of worked. Yeah, I like um, special mentions. There's probably a few more I'll throw out as we go on. Jack's I had... got 32 of them. Yeah, I had too many to list. Um, so I'll go first with my special mentions. Because I don't have many. Uh, you might have given him a vote. Probably not. Uh, Mason Redmond's getting a special mention from me. Um, another one of those players that we uh, potted in our spare time who turned out a fantastic game on the weekend. Um, I'd like to give Adam Saad a special mention because he was, uh, basically the only thing that held Carlton together despite, uh, everything else that happened. Um, I believe it was something like every third rebound he had was a score or something ridiculous. I don't, I don't remember the exact stat. Yeah. I had both of those in my special mentions as well. I thought, um, Redmond was fantastic, especially in mm. that second half when, mm. you know, Essendon just kept letting Adelaide have chances when they probably shouldn't have. Um, he seemed like a brick wall. Really good positioning, really good play. Um, had a few foot errors in the first half, which probably I think knocked him down a bit for me, but um, his marking and spoiling was really good. Saad, Saad I had in there definitely, because I feel like despite the fact that all three of Saad, Williams and Doherty got a lot mm-hmm. of ball, yeah. um, Doherty and Williams panicked a lot, mm-hmm. um, and there was a lot of ineffective disposals, whereas Saad was just gun all day, yeah. um, ran hard, spoiled hard, really good defensive and attacking footy. Played a really good game. Basically, any defensive score, any score from defence that Carlton made that game was because of Saad. And my third was to Short, Jaden Short. Yeah. He's a great player. There's not much more I can say. He's just been pretty consistent. Yeah, I had had Short and Broad again in my special mentions because I thought that it's hard to to give good votes to defenders in a game where they just get pumped. You can't. You can't go a single week without mentioning Brody. Yeah, so. I wonder if we're going to get through the podcast without it. Um, single week? The way he's going. Uh, also had Rioli in there. I thought he played well as well. Yes. Um, but they just kind of lacked a bit of structure, I think, in the back line. Despite those players playing well individually, mm-hmm. I think the unit was a bit poor, which kind of took out of my votes. Yeah, sure. Um, I think I'm kind of happy to jump into um, votes just because no I think we we'll mention, mention other players as we go along. Um, there was a few in there just for consistency. Jack Sinclair, um, Jaff again. Yeah. Um, Weller played the best game I've seen him play in about two years. Uh, Will Powell was fantastic. Uh, probably yep, the best game was. I've ever seen him play. Uh, I can't believe I did not put him in my special mentions. Um, yeah. Powell. 100%. I think we mentioned late in that game that he was, for the first half, felt like the difference. Yeah, he was. Gold Coast kind of ran away with it, but he was just phenomenal. 
Um, and Tom Jonas got a mention for me. Okay. Because despite the fact that obviously Port got crushed, uh, I thought Gosh. he played a really good game of footy um, and probably helped with the fact that I mean, obviously Wiedemann went goalless. I think uh, McDonald only kicked <laughs> one. So Port Adelaide's goals didn't come from the players that you know he and Clarou were playing on. So mm. that was pretty I think, good. I think Melbourne have got away with that several times this year already where they're just not scoring through the key forwards when they don't need to, and that's fine. And it's working for them. Their mids and smalls and obviously Fritch are just playing really, really good It's really good when you can allow your key key forwards to just have zero impact but still win. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And not many teams can get away with that. Um, they're, they're in there as one of the few that can. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Gold Coast, Casper, uh, like, kicked one or two, but he I think kicked... most of Gold Coast avenues to goal were... Joel kicked three, didn't he? Oh, he did, yeah. yeah. I feel like most of the avenues were their smaller players, yeah. um, really good performances. My one vote is to a player that if you'd asked me before the season if we would have mentioned him in every episode of the show so far, I would have said absolutely not. But Heath Chapman, Same. again. Number one. Uh, well, one vote. vote one. Yeah, well, <laughs> again, what a great game. Um, uh, he's really turned out to be a player, isn't he? 10 or 11 games and he's just mm-hmm. stringing it together. This one, this one, me and the coaches' votes disagreed on because I have a player higher up my list who scored less in the coaches' vote okay. than Chapman. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, uh, there's some... It's spotty because Frio's defence has been, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Under siege? Yeah. They seem to have players going in and out on the daily. Absolutely. Um, Whether that be COVID or injury. Yeah. And uh, they've got some stars down there. I if, rate Cox. I rate Pierce. If um, they can put together, like, if if they can put together a year where you keep all on the park, all of your um, Pierce and Ryan. Mm-hmm. Oh, Luke uh, Ryan, obviously. Chapman, uh, Griffin Logue, mm-hmm. and... Um, Hayden Young, if they can all stay fit for a whole season, that's it's a, it's really a good, good back in the defence. Um, yeah, well, I'm glad we're on the same one. Um, didn't have to do any spectacular spoils this time. No. Um, I liked it in the first week he got a special mention because his player kicked a bunch of goals on him, but he did an amazing spoil. But since then, he's just been consistent across the board. I think he's got one or two votes every week. Uh, my two went to Jack Henry, um, okay. who I thought in a game that was a really close game, just played really well, just another really consistent role. Uh, despite not getting many possessions, of his 13 disposals, 10 of them were intercepts. Um, That's a wild stat. Plus, I didn't know that. Plus six spoils. So I just thought that was a ridiculous defensive game for like just stopping Brisbane from getting in. Yeah, um, I remember watching the game and thinking, I think this every week watching Geelong, I'm like, who's the player I'm going to pick out as potentially getting votes? And a couple of weeks in a row, the only one I can find has been Henry, um, despite all the love for Tom Stewart out there. Yeah. Um, I think Henry is probably one of the most undervalued pieces of Geelong's defence. Um, especially considering, you know, who's left over the past couple of years with um, Henderson. Henderson and Taylor. And Taylor, yeah. Um, which have been big outs. So I think I think he's not a star. No, he's a star. Yeah, he's a star. He's <laughs> <fucking>. Completely underrated. <laughs> um, I had two players in that game get special mentions, which mm-hmm. was Zach Tui. He played a really good rebound yep. game. I think he got coaches' votes this week. He did. Um, and Marcus Adams, who... While playing a really good Marcus Adams game, for some reason was on Tom Hawkins instead of Harris Andrews most of the game, and Hawkins just monstered him every time the ball went near him. Marcus. And then the one time that Harris Andrews was on him, Hawkins had to get away with a free kick that wasn't paid <laughs> to get a goal. So it just felt like a weird match-up all game, um, despite the fact that Adams did play a good game other than the defensive side of it. I think Marcus Adams is definitely strong enough to take uh, Tom Hawkins, but... You know, sometimes it doesn't work out. Marcus Adams is one of those players that I guarantee you, you give him any player as the mark throughout the week and he will do everything he can to stop them. Um, he's he's super underrated as well. Um, Genuinely very good footballer. Yeah. Uh, holds that Brisbane back line together a lot of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my two goes to uh, Jeremy McGovern. Um, I'm happy to talk about this one because this is my three. This so is your three? That's this. fine. We'll roll into that. 
Um, he's just playing really well. Um, for, a, for a player who I thought was possibly done and overpaid, um, he's really turned it around this season, especially with everything that's been going on yeah, at West Coast. a season they've really needed him. Yes. Um, he has just pulled his finger out playing just about the best football of his career. Would well, have to be the stretch, Australian. Would have to be the Australian really centre half back at the moment. I think if you were picking that side, yeah, probably um, in a team that's won one game, mm. um, and really won that one game because they kicked ridiculously <laughs> accurately. Like that was insane. It was that's a f- happened. It's been pretty common this year. Plot of the weekend, really. Yeah. Um, even, not necessarily one games wrong, but games that were closer than they should have yeah. been. Um, Brisbane stayed in against Geelong through great goal kicking. North against mm-hmm. Sydney, same deal. Yeah. Um, West Coast got across the line through it, but yeah, it was really the weekend for one team having. Way more shots and not converting, and but that's a, that's a skill of football. I think people talk about that a lot. They're like, oh, they're lucky because the other team had way more shots, but it's a skill. Goal kicking is a skill, and, and you need to win from it. Well, I think there's there's also a what's the word I'm looking at? like a misinterpretation of things. Like the Bulldogs, for example, are kicking a lot of points lately. Yes, um, I'm sure you have the exact stats. Eighteen forty three since the last quarter against Carlton. Yeah. So the problem with that is one, they're taking their shots from hard angles, and two, when it goes through for a point. It's not going back to the center, so they're getting repeat repeat entries entries yeah. in bad positions, rushed in, and that doesn't help them. Absolutely. Um, and I feel like it's not a matter of accuracy, but how they're playing. Yes, and I think um, a lot of people don't talk about the fact that yeah, when a goal is kicked, the ball goes back to the middle and it's a reset. Yes. Whereas when a point's kicked, you get a chance to lock it in and out of bounds, all that sort of stuff. Um, and that does make a you know give those repeat entries, especially mm-hmm. to a team like the Bulldogs with such a good midfield core. Yeah, definitely. Um, so if we've gone McGovern for two and three, uh, I'm going Stephen May for three. That's your three? Yeah. That's my three. Um, I'm honestly shocked we haven't given him any votes throughout yeah. the year so far. I haven't really needed him, I think, for um, a lot of the year, but his game was amazing. He had 23 disposals with nine marks, 11 intercepts, and 91% efficiency. That's a, a, that's a vote scale. It's game. a crazy game. Um, <clears throat> and he's been like that all year. He hasn't had as many intercepts. I think in round two, he was a bit down, but he's been just solid all year, especially considering for three rounds they didn't have Lever. Yeah. Um, and I don't hear anyone in the media talking about him. Yeah, anyone. it's like he got his one year in the sun last year. And like, yeah. oh, off to the side now, Stephen yeah. May. We'll talk about some other um, people. But he, he would be right up there, like you were saying, with um, McGovern for 10 half back. I think May is right in that conversation too. Yep. Um, potentially for mine, higher in that conversation at the moment. But... He, he's just a great player, so no, <laughs> you can't absolutely, really fault it. Absolutely agree. Uh, my four uh, may have been your five, uh, which was Sam Collins. Yes. Uh, who played a incredible game. Uh, I didn't see anything. He got votes, thankfully, from the coaches. He I didn't to. see any mention of his game throughout the week in like recaps of that game of football or people naming their squads for the week. He was incredible. You could see it on his face. He was total fig jam, but he was owning it. He was proving that. Yeah. yeah. He was confident and killing the every contest that came and in. Positioning and bodywork. Some mm-hmm. of the tackles he laid were phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and obviously the intercept marks as you as you see from those kinds of players was what a game. Like it was pivotal. Him and away. Powell, especially together in that yep. back line, made a huge difference. Um, and it was astounding because obviously I've rated Collins quite well mm. for a while. But I've never seen him have that huge standout game like this. And I feel like, hopefully, even though he plays on the Gold Coast, he's probably not going to get the plaudits. I'm hoping some more people start to see it. Um, so he is my five, which yep. makes all of this ordering terrible because um, he was your four. Yeah, that was my four. So, so I'll go again. Yeah, you do your four. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I'm going Griffin Logue with a four. Yeah, I, I had him in my special mentions. I didn't yeah. mention him because I figured he might get a vote. Um, yeah. what, a, what a game. Um, Absolutely. Back to his best. Did the old Nick Digan had a subway, came in, <laughs> start of the match, and he just killed it. Um, and I w- looked at the coaches' votes, and Heath Chapman had eight, and Griffin Logue had maybe two. I'm not yeah, 100% he was, he was sure. In the, I loved how many, uh, we talked about this the other day, how many defenders were in the votes for that game. Yes. Isaac Cumming, mm-hmm. uh, Griffin Logue, uh, obviously Heath Chapman. I've got the other one uh, written down here. <laughs> oh, and Lockie Keith. Yeah. Um, obviously, I, I think Sam Taylor also had a fantastic game and didn't yes, get in. Yes, you did say that the other day. What a game for Backman, really. Yeah, uh, it really was. And I, I, I think Griffin Logue is a really good player. And yes. as I said, that um, Fremantle defence has been all over the place. Um, you never know which position they're going to be playing. Is Luke Ryan fullback or is he rebounding this week? But uh, yeah. he slotted in and he did it perfectly. I really hope Griffin Logue can keep that spot because mm-hmm. he the, the synergy in that back line was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, a big part of why they won and why in that last quarter, despite it being even seemingly on the ground. They kicked mm. six goals to zero, I think, yeah. um, and just blew them away. It was a close game until that point. Um, but everything that went in, either Logue or Chapman just sent straight back out, yep. and it was a great, great That's effort. That's in the list. Um, my five was to Stephen May. Uh, okay, so that works. Uh, we mentioned what a great game he had. I just... Ridiculous. Like, Port Adelaide are obviously undermanned, mm-hmm. but if you can keep a team to zero goals until 20 minutes into the third quarter yeah. and have 20-something touches and a bunch of intercepts. That scoreline really flattered them. It did. That, that, Melbourne, Melbourne just kind of went job done at yeah. the end. Um, Stephen Motlop did a Motlop special, kicked those two goals, <laughs> brought the scoreline down, made his stats look a lot better, but that was a domination. That was one Absolutely of the pants them. most horrendous games I've ever seen um, because obviously Port Adelaide went out knowing they couldn't win that game and just mm. tried to defend, but at, at the expense of their own scoring. Yep. Yeah. Which meant that by the time Melbourne broke the shackles, it didn't matter yeah. because they hadn't kicked a goal. Uh, obviously, Fritch kicked those first two, um, and then the floodgates just opened. All it takes kicked. is ten bad minutes against yeah. Melbourne, and you've lost. Absolutely, so. and that's what they did, and, and yeah. that's what so many teams have done this year. Yep. Even last year, they haven't lost since round nineteen last year now, um, and that was that freak game to Adelaide, which was an absolute thriller. Oh, I remember. Um, that, yeah. But like they're just in ridiculous form and have been for so long, and they sat at the top of the ladder for I think eighteen rounds of last mm. year, just rolling through. Looking incredible. Yeah, they've just got to make sure they can, you know, when it comes pointy end of the season, go into full gear. Yeah, and that's it. And I think the best thing for them is that they've they haven't had all of their stars play their mm. best in a game yet. No. Um, which is that's what you want. You want them to be able to, you know, someone sit back and someone else take the reins. Stephen May is a great example of that mm-hmm. he's had, you know, two games where he hasn't been at his most impactful, and then a couple where he's been completely devastating. We saw Brayshaw last week just step in and play a ridiculous role. Um, so really good from them. Yeah, I definitely, I felt I felt very strange this week doing my votes because obviously Melbourne was the first game of the first round. First game. And I immediately put Stephen May yep. in the list. And then I was like, oh, does he just get one? Then halfway through the week, I was like, no, he's had a great season. I'll put him at five. And then eventually I set it on three. He was in the list no matter what. I, rolled, I just didn't know where. I rolled my votes weirdly this week. Like I, I just kept it going as the week went on. Mm. Um, so every game, I just put the players in the order of the entire list as I thought mm-hmm. it was. So I had, you know, it was like 15 long. Yeah. Um, and I had my top five. And then I just kind of made sure that was my top five. So it helped me get to it a bit easier this week. But Maybe it's I also should. why I had such a long list of um, people who played good games. Because I just ran every defender I thought played a good game in a, in a list. Maybe I should take a leaf out of your book and print off a run sheet or something. <laughs> Start doing some preparation for this thing. <laughs> um, the other one I was going to mention was uh, what was probably shockingly game of the round was North versus Sydney. 
It was a good game. Aiden Core played the oh best game. Oh my god! How did I not mention Aiden Core? I have ever seen Fantastic. him play. His efforts on the last mm-hmm. line, and and that's where the again the points don't reflect it correctly because the rushed behinds from Aiden Core, um, in desperate moments, brilliant. What what a ridiculous game. He kind of filled in where Zebel left, went up forward and kicked five. Yeah. Looks like he should stay there. Probably keep um, him there for the time. And Core being. just played so well. Yeah. I feel bad that I haven't given a vote, but I can't sneak him in here. Yeah, it would have been hard to give him a vote this week, and I, I had him on the edge. But I kind of wanted to give him a little special mention at the end because it was great. He yeah. and McDonald both played great. Oh, McDonald's just in ridiculous form, so he's it's, it's really hard good. to say and that. But I don't think we've really... We haven't given him a vote yet, but he's been special mentions almost every week. Um, but Core was really good. Uh, Mackay was great as well. <laughs> until we should give McDonald a legacy vote. Until Franklin <laughs> uh, snapped his finger and yeah. he's now in a surgery. But Mackay did a really good job on him until that. Uh, I know Buddy kicked, I think, one or two, but it nullifies him. coming good this year. Like, he um, wasn't bad last year, but I think he's really gelling. Yeah, I um, just hope we finally get the Makai or Makai matchup. It's not going to happen. One of them's going to be a laid out again. It just happens every time. It's very... Uh, They've never been in the same place. Very suspicious. Um, <laughs> they have played at the same time, though, so that that's the mm, only thing. TV magic. <laughs> it's part of the Channel <laughs> 7 not mega live. deal. It was actually recorded on Thursday. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I do want to uh, go back to last week to the fact that we were talking about brother combos. Yeah, we started at the it. start of the episode. Talked about the McCartans playing defense, and then later in the episode, couldn't think of two that play together. And then we thought of about fifteen. Well, maybe that's an exaggeration. <laughs> so many different ones, but we yeah. were talking about the McCartans at the start. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was that we stated that well, I stated my my bad on this one was that Erin Phillips uh, had won three premierships. Uh, which she hadn't, but has now. Yes. Um, so I can retract, but then also be right on that one. <laughs> um, and played really well. Uh, yep. She was really good. Uh, I made some notes on that game uh, as well. I thought that uh, Randall played a brewing game on Harris, just completely nullified her out of the game. Uh, Alan, I think, was all Australian fullback this year, was a complete brick wall. Uh, Adelaide were just dominant again. But the one thing I would say is I don't know why Daisy Pierce wasn't Mm. at halfback all game because the moment they put her back there their run and play and assuredness behind the ball was completely different you want you want one you want your most experienced players behind the ball um they're they're just better ball users in general she had two touches in the first half yeah went back and i think had 13 in the second all of them you know setting up play and Mm -hmm. effective and those breakout handballs from packs it was just a. I know that she was up forward because she had that experience and they had a very young forward line and they yeah. wanted that kind of structure there, but it didn't work for her, which meant it didn't work for the team. Yeah, I just feel like if you if you've got Taylor Harris there, you should structure it around her. You don't need an extra leadership role because I guess that's what Taylor Harris is getting paid to do. Um, so yeah, it's a weird decision, but Adelaide's defence was the best all year. It has been for, yeah, for six it, seasons. It was so. dominant. I thought, and Melbourne's really stood up in the first half, but it could only stand up for so long. Um, and you know, Adelaide, I think that it may be the end of the legacy because all those new teams coming in, they will lose players. Um, obviously, Phillips is the big talked about one, yeah. um, whether she moves to Port, um, who have today became the first team to appoint a former AFLW yes. player as a coach, which is very cool and really about about time, it feels like. Although we have only had, like we say, six seasons. But I do have a question for you in regard to that because mm. um, I saw the news myself that... Uh, two Carton FLW yes. players will be moving across to Essendon, which yeah. breaks my heart. Some, some genuinely good players too. Um, I feel like they're moving very quickly on these expansion teams. I know every team 
uh, in the AFL wants an AFLW team, and I have no problem with that happening. I feel like the teams that have been in from the start are being hard done by. And not just because it's the team that I support, but I feel like each year having players picked at and picked at really hurts your core. If you've been in for six years and you've had players be taken three years of those, and you, you do get picks back, and obviously you can use those to improve. But I feel like it it really rushes. Could you imagine if six teams got added to the AFL? Yeah, it would be, it'd be incredible. I couldn't help but feel like it had a bit of, especially after the news today, a bit of Gil's last mark to it. I feel like um, knowing that he already knew he was going to resign, he'd obviously mm-hmm. thought about this pre-COVID, yeah. um, that he just wanted to get those last teams in, have it the full 18-team comp before he went off on his way. Yeah, Because um, he even talked about it being one of the things that he was proudest to achieve. And I have to wonder if he maybe kind of rushed it through a little bit um, just to get it done before yeah. he left. I-, I think that could be part of it for sure because, as I said, I want all 18 teams to be in there and I want the uh, women's competition to be taken as seriously as possible by everyone out. Um, who watches AFL? Yes, um, it's going to take some time for that. Putting it on a morning time slot on a Saturday when everyone's at community sport probably isn't the way to do it. No, probably not. Um, but yeah, it it does seem very rushed, and uh, it might take a long time for there to be. I was surprised they added the last batch of teams as soon as they did, let alone filling in the next batch already. Um, so I do agree, and 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 obviously it, it will level out, but it's going to take a while. It does, especially hurts the teams that have just been added um, in the most recent seasons. So the, the ones who've just come in and have only had the two or three seasons to kind of get some grounding, if they're mm-hmm. starting to lose players already as well, mm-hmm. that's really rough because they haven't even had a consistent couple of seasons, especially with COVID and the seasons moving. Yep. The season that just ended. Yeah, um, it's it's wild. And to, the other the other thing is, I don't even think there's enough players to support 18 men's AFL teams, no, let alone 18 women's teams who haven't had the history and support that uh, AFL men's has had at this point. Yeah, and, I, and this is always my argument when people talk about the quality of AFLW, which is always silly because... God, look at games from the, uh, ni- the early 1900s. Yeah, and they also play shorter quarters with less players on the ground, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot that affects it. But also, yeah, they haven't had 17 years of grassroots nope. to the top level. Like, I know that AFL was played at a professional level in, in terms of state footy, but mm-hmm. AFLW is only six years old. Yeah. You need to give that 20 years before you have proper grassroots footy coming through consistently and have team lists built of people who've been playing since they were you know, four or five years old, like you get in the AFL men's. Mm-hmm. And a really good example of this, and I think I talked to you about this preseason, um, is Amy Schmidt, who I played with in junior football, who plays for West Coast now, played a couple of seasons at GWS. Yes. Couldn't play after 13 years of age because in the country especially, there's just no girls teams. Yeah. So she just had this massive gap in footy where, you know, she played again when she was an adult in amateurs footy, mm-hmm. but just didn't have the professional pathways the rest of the people that we played yep. with got. And you look at obviously Nathan Broad, triple premiership player, <laughs> was playing in the same team. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, she gets all that loss of structure and build up and coaching along the way, whereas the men's players get that coaching through the entire age groups and, and there's specialist scouts and that kind of stuff. And until you've had that from the age of, you know, especially around that 13-year-old mark when they start getting moved into district yes. squads for state footy, when you, when you don't have that, it doesn't have that same mesh through. So give it 10 or so years and, and it, it will be a lot better. It will 100% improve with, with the backing that... The AFL are giving it. They're taking it pretty seriously. I hoping I am hoping that they get pay rises. Yes. Um, especially considering they're going to have to basically play two seasons in a year, which, which is, is ridiculous. Insane. The fact that um, they were playing in summer as well always hurt the comp too. Yeah, it, need, it, it, it cannot be a summer sport. 
too hot to play the, the, any form of AFL. <laughs> Even you see the men struggling X. in preseason, <laughs> um, and then people complain about the women not being out. Yeah, it, it's just a, such a double standard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and we'll get there. And I think mm. that especially there's such a good pathway that's been made by women's cricket in this country to show that when you put the time and investment into it, it does work. Because you look at the the WBBL last year was huge. Mm-hmm. We had the World Cup here just just before COVID, and we had to lock down the whole country. And there was eighty odd thousand people at the MCG for that. Yeah. So. The, it does work when you invest in it, but you really need to do it right. Not, mm-hmm. It really feels like they're trying to invest in it, but they keep changing what they think is the best way to do that. Yeah, it's it's a little all over the place, and I'm, I, I do really hope it comes together. So we'll have to see you know, who takes over from Big Gill. From Big Gill. Um, it's, it'll be interesting. Um, I think mm. a lot of people are, t- are saying Tim Dillon's the, the favourite for the role. I'll be completely honest, I don't know who that is. I'd love to see someone <laughs> who's not part of the big AFL boys club Come in and do it. Well, I think I read but. something because um, he said himself in, I don't know if it was the press conference or in an interview, I don't know. He said that whoever takes over from him will be completely different. And I'm hoping that means we will knock down a bit of the boys club attitude, but I have no faith in it at yeah. all. Yeah. And it does feel like we've just had, I mean, really in, in our lifetime, it's been two people in charge of the AFL and that's been mm-hmm. Dimitri into McLaughlin. Yeah. Um, and it's been like a 20 year period for just the two blokes. So, um, I say our lifetime. Our lifetime when we knew that there was a CEO of the AFL. Yes. Um, <laughs> because at 10 years of age, you don't know what that is. I didn't know what a CEO was at 10. No, that's the man who reads the votes on Brownlee Night. That's nice. Yeah, it would be nice to have someone new reading the votes. Yeah, and not um, the McLaughlins <laughs> handballing it to each other on Brownlow Night, um, th- presenting from Hame and then reading from Gil. Um, I had a point and I've lost the point, but... Yeah, that sounds about you. Uh, game of the round... What, coming up? Yeah, what do you reckon? Let me, I, let me I, check I, my sheet. I'd love to um, go back and like. I feel like you're highlighting the worst game of the round every week. I'm going to um, do it again. You said Port versus Melbourne this week. Uh, shocker. Uh, that was an absolute <laughs> stinker. Um, last week you said Melbourne versus Essendon, which yeah. wasn't a stinker. Was but right. it, it was It was all right. Melbourne barely got out of second gear, but it was all right. I said Hawthorne's and Kilda, so I was way off as well. You were off, so, uh, don't, so don't pot me. <laughs> But I, I think mean, Geelong Collingwood, I'm pretty sure you picked that the I week did, before, yeah. and that one was a winner. So For value, we... though, I'd rather watch Hawthorne St Kilda than Port Melbourne. <laughs> um, St Kilda scored more than those two combined. <laughs> so what are we, one from four? Yes. Yeah, All right, let's keep this running then. <laughs> this is hard. I didn't really prepare for this. Yeah, oh, I didn't think about it either until I said it out loud. You know what? I want to pick him again. I'm picking Essen and Frio at Marvel. See, that? I think that's a good call. Yeah. Um, that was probably in my. You're going to pick well. Hawthorne Geelong. You're never not going to pick Hawthorne Geelong. Oh, see that? I think that's <laughs> the obvious one, and I don't want to go the obvious one because even last year, I mean, we had Geelong finishing third and Hawthorne finishing fifteenth or something, and they played a five point game. Yeah. Um, no, I think Adelaide Richmond is a really fascinating matchup because I don't know how good either of those teams are. Nope. Neither. I have no idea. Uh, Richmond have looked terrible and amazing at points this year. Uh, Adelaide the same. Um, I have no idea what's going on at Richmond. Um, they're not even missing that much, to be honest. Um, yeah, obviously, they're missing seems... their best player. Let's not get that Oh, wrong. absolutely. Um, but there seems to be this this thing where they're always like, oh, so many injuries. They've got like four or five, I think, at most. Um, and that's been at most at any point this year. They've probably got... Take that with a grain of salt, though. We aren't looking at an injury list, so we could be wrong. Yeah, but I just feel like there's been other teams mm-hmm. that have been decimated. Yeah. Uh, West Coast, not, notwithstanding, because uh-huh. everyone knows about that one. But there's other teams who are missing some real mm-hmm. talent. Um, I mean, not necessarily through injury, but GWS missing Toby Green, and we know how much that matters. Yep. Um, there's a lot missing from a few Carlton teams. Carlton are basically missing their half their defence. 
They've got their rebounders, but they haven't got any of their marking talent back. And for three quarters of the game on the weekend, they're Ruckman and best clearance midfielder. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think Adelaide at home against Richmond is a really fascinating game. So I'm not sure if it'll be the best game, but it's the one that I'm most interested in. Well, we'll pick it up next week. Uh, you have clearly just called that Adelaide and Richmond to be the best game of the round. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Lock it in. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to touch on before we disappeared for another week? Uh, no, I don't think I do. Um, it was a bit of a down week for me with footy. I'll be better next week regardless of results. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll pick up with some funny jokes next week. Long weekend, Thursday through Monday. <laughs> I'm working. Football, football, I'm football. working most of it. it. sucks, man. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, <laughs> I will not be. Uh, which, well, Thursday will be, but every other day I'm, I'm fine. We'll but be back here next week. You'll have 86 players on your list and I'll have... Yeah, it'll, it'll be like multiple run sheets of just player names. <laughs> it's a good thing you like to talk. <laughs> Thank you for joining us once again. We will be back uh, hopefully next Tuesday, but let's be honest, it'll probably be next Thursday once again. Ah, we'll see. COVID will stuff us up. <laughs> <laughs> Catch you later. See ya.